What does it mean to be special? Special is one of those words that have become impoverished in our modern vocabulary. As a teenager growing up in the 80s and 90s, the first thing I think of when I think of the word special is Dana Carvey in Saturday Night Live. In sitting in that recurring uh, skit of church chat, he's sitting behind a desk in front of a stained glass window wearing a modest women's suit, taking on the church lady persona, mocking the week's news in a self-righteous tone and regularly saying, oh, isn't that special? As a writer and speaker, I know it's wise to avoid special in my language. It's, it's like one of those words that your teachers tell you not to use, words like thing and very and good. Special can become a word to designate something that we don't really know how to classify or what to say about it, so we just say it's special. As a parent, I've read many critiques of the parenting of people from my generation uh, that we have parented in such a way that has made all children feel special. You have trophies, whether you won the championship or not in soccer, and the critique always is, if everyone is special, then no one is. And maybe kids feel that they're entitled in some way. Special isn't that special, or is it? Consider some of our deepest questions about life. Who am I? Where do I belong? What gives my life meaning? What is my calling? Do I matter? These are questions of specialness. We want to know if the particularity of our lives is seen and meaningful that we matter somehow. This quest has taken new dimensions with the images that are now beamed to us from outside the Earth. We are just one planet in a physical space that knows no bounds. Our minds also, on the other side, struggle to grasp the vastness of our world with its microscopic realities that we see through a microscope much less the, the black holes and the planets and stars. As if this quest to be special isn't hard or big enough, we have, sadly, almost always, attempted to answer these questions by a process of exclusion. I can only be special if you are not. My group of people matters more than yours. Special becomes this zero-sum game in which I must win in order for you, or you must lose in order for me to win. And then the Bible itself is not exempted from this conversation. In fact, a case could be made that the Bible is a long story of people trying to answer this question of specialness. Does God see me? Does God intervene on my behalf? Does God care that my people are struggling? Will God defend my honor? 
And then, how do I act in a world that is battling for specialness? Who is my neighbor and who is not? Can I be both special to God and love everyone else? Our text this morning pulls these questions front and center for me. It's written in the second movement of the book of Isaiah when the people of Israel have been taken captive. They're under the domination of Babylon. And they're wondering, does God see us? Can you imagine how they felt? An entire nation seen as only spoils of war by a powerful empire. In the paraphrase of Eugene Peterson of this text in the message, he says this, The God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name, your mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, that won't be a dead end. Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. Can you feel the, the deep rumble in the soul of Israel as they hear these words? We are seen by God here where we feel most unseen. God will take the, the brokenness of our situation and make something good of it. We will be redeemed. We are special. Each of us knows we are special, even if it's a little glimpse here and there. The fact that we are on this planet in this moment with our own unique way of viewing the world, with our own set of DNA, making up who we are, our cultures and our ways of being that are so important to us, we know in various moments that we must matter. No matter what the machines of government or empire say, I am me and we are we. And the prophet Isaiah affirms that for Israel. God sees you. God knows you. And then, just like the rest of human history and so much of scripture as well, Isaiah teeters over into a specialness that excludes when he says, I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do you struggle with those kinds of words in the text? I know I do. Why does one nation have to be given in exchange for another? Why, is only one per why, one, why does one person have to be given in return for another? Does my specialness, our specialness, require you to be any less special? I have to say, I don't think the Bible always gets this right. <laughs> but it does represent a good portion of our human struggle. We think our significance must come at the expense of another. And Richard Rohr says this, God is always bigger than the boxes we build for God, so we should not waste too much time protecting the boxes. Here is the mystery of God. 
God holds and loves us all in our specialness. God is so big that there is no competition for favor. We catch glimpses of this in the scripture as well. The call of Abraham and to Israel is to be blessed by God so that they would be a blessing to the world. There's the story of Joseph, a foreign slave who who speaks up and turns the tide of a foreign nation. There's the story of Esther, a woman whose voice rises above the din and diminishment of a patriarchal society. There is Rahab, the prostitute who saves a nation she doesn't even know. And today, today's story, Jesus, whose baptism is not meant for him alone. Jesus' baptism came out, as I said earlier, of the the ministry of John the Baptist. What drew people to John was not that he was proclaiming an exclusive get in on the good deal and buy your own salvation kind of message. He told those with two coats that they should give up one to someone who needed it. He told the tax collectors that they should only collect the taxes that were required. He told the soldiers to stop extorting money from the people they ruled over. And people knew he was right. They came to him in droves to ask forgiveness for the ways they had tried to establish their specialness. They came in droves to be dipped into the water as a sign of their repentance and their desire to live in a different way. Luke does something different with the baptism of Jesus than any of the other gospel writers. He doesn't make it as unique. He says, now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus had also been baptized. Jesus is baptized there right along with everyone else. And then the revelation comes as Jesus is in prayer after the baptism. You are my son, my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus is seen. Jesus is special. But not at the expense of anyone else. Instead, his belovedness becomes a call to see others. We see Jesus moving out from this to love the world. And here is the paradoxical truth of living out our baptism. The more we claim our specialness, our belovedness in the sight of God, the more we will affirm it in the world around us. This is a paradox that defies the smallness of those boxes Roar was talking about. It's the mystery of the bigness of God's love demonstrated in the water of baptism. The Russian novelist Fyodor Dostoevsky puts it this way, love people even in their sin, for that is the semblance of the divine love and the highest love on earth. Love all of God's creation, the whole and every grain of sand of it. Love every leaf, love every ray of God's light, love the animals, love the plants, love everything. If you love everything, you will perceive the divine mystery in things. Once you perceive it, you will begin to comprehend it better every day. 
and you will come at last to love the whole world with an all-embracing love. So yes, you are special. You are beloved. You are seen. And our journey is to internalize that to such a degree that it becomes the movement of our lives. To love everything. To perceive this divine mystery of holding us all in this special, individualized, and universal love. God loves us. And may that reality of your baptism arise in you today and in the week to come. Amen.